What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with two very talented folks, and I've seen both of them in so many things, and and, and I, I drink signature blends by Kim Fields. It is a must <laughs> drink for everybody. I've never drank coffee in my life, and somebody turned <laughs> me on to this, and my wife is just sold on them now, but signature blends by Kim Fields, and you know her work from Facts of Life and Living Single. Uh, she's here with Paige Kennedy, her co-star on a on just a great, uh, great show that everyone's going to have to check out. It's uh, it's it's lined up uh, wonderfully, and and the the premise of the show is terrific. And Paige Kennedy, you know him from a, a million things too, uh, Rush Hour and. Uh, SWAT and The Meg and Desperate Housewives. Kim, of course, from Facts of Life and uh, and Living Signal. Uh, single, uh, all of you guys, uh, both of you guys, uh, what a career both of you have had. Kim Fields and Paige Kennedy, welcome. Thank you. So great Thank to you. be here. Thanks for the coffee shout out. Glad you're enjoying it and being a part of the blended family. And, and when yes, I, yes. Well, listen, when I tell you I've never had a cup of coffee in my life, I've never had a cup of coffee in my life, and then all of a sudden I'm hooked on coffee, and it's because of you, Kim. So if it turns out, if it turns out to be bad, I'm, I'm, I'm blaming Kim Fields, but it's not. It's good for you. It's so. not. Uh, yes. Hey, hey, Paige, let me, let me start with you, if you don't mind. Tell, tell us about The Upshaws. Uh, the Upshaws is a wonderful show that uh, follows the family um, of Kim Fields and Mike Epps and her sister played by the Upshaws. Um, it's, a, it's a family that <laughs> is complex because there's different parts uh, in it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let Kim explain all of those wonderful <laughs> uh, parts. Um, I, I play Mike Epps' best friend, Duck, um, who who was very loyal to him and ended up doing some time in prison, <laughs> yep. uh, and and he gets out and you know he does he does right by my character and so now I work at the shop. But it's a hilarious, edgy comedy and mm-hmm. I, it's nothing like it on television. Well, that's it? right, that's right. We're thrilled that Netflix uh, is uh, they're just so excited about the show. It's a Netflix series that'll drop in 2021. Uh, Wanda Sykes plays my sister and is also one of the uh, producers, executive producers of it. Um, and it's just great to see um, a working class family that's you know um, with all its flaws and all of its uh, imperfections and hangups, um, just trying to trying to be about it in this day and age. 
Yeah, well, uh, Wanda Sykes, I mean, you, boy, it's a lot of talent. You talk about Paige Kennedy, Kim Fields, Wanda Sykes, uh, Mike Epps. I, I mean, it's an awful lot of talent there. But uh, yeah. Kim, sticking with you, uh, I, I love the messaging, too. I think that uh, that you guys are going to – it sounds like you're going to touch on a lot of good things and, uh, and a lot of positive things, and it's, and it's going to be as real yeah. as it can be. Uh, tell Very us about that. Very much so. Very much so. Um, you know, the fact that it is on Netflix immediately gives you a lot of leeway. Um, and there's a certain expectation, I think, in, in, in terms of the, the rawness, um, both in the comedy and the, the actual uh, situations that we're in. Uh, and, you know, they do that just, just pitch perfect in terms of the balance of comedy and um, real situations, real interaction, um, and how... Um, as uncomfortable and sometimes painful and just sometimes how life can suck. Um, you still have each other and you still have laughter at the end of the day to pull you through all of that. Yeah. Well, listen, Paige, uh, it, turning to you, I mean, it's, you know, kind of the same thing. It's, it's a nice, uh, it, 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 it's nice that you have a little bit of leeway, as as Kim mentioned, on net, uh, on Netflix. You've worked a lot with networks, and you've uh, you've had the same restrictions. The fact that this is here now, and again, it's it's been here for years. You know this over the top uh, angle, and and you do have opportunities to uh, to join shows that could be family, yes, but also have uh, have some good messaging in there. Uh, it, your response to that page and I, and I, again I know it's it's not new news and it's kind of old news but uh, it is different than what we grew up with yeah definitely um you know and I think as the the time goes on as as you know we mature and 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 grow as a, a people and things change then you know I think uh art kind of represents the time that we're in you know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching uh, the shows that have come back uh, so far. And, you know, I think they may be remiss if they did not acknowledge the world that we live in now, you know, far as, uh, you know, distancing and, and being safe, because that's real life. And that's what we're supposed to be portraying. And so, yeah, it's a little different, but, you know, it just represents what we're doing right now. You know, one of the things I didn't mention when I was introducing Paige was Weeds. Man, he was terrific in that Blue Mountain State. Just absolutely what, you know, really everything that he's in and everything that Kim's in, uh, absolutely uh, terrific. Kim, turning back to you, yes. uh, the last time I spoke to you, you were you were directing uh, uh, something on BET, and, uh, mm -hmm. and and it was just it was terrific. I hadn't yet seen Thank it, you. but uh, it, what a what a wonderful job you did there. And if you don't mind me, Thank you. you know, kind of switching off from the uh, upshores for a second, uh, are, are you are you thinking of doing more direction because you were great at it? Thank you. Yeah, I love directing. I've been directing since I was nine, since 94, not since I was 94. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but being able to uh, uh, really speak to um, the total picture, you know, um, when you're acting, you do your part and you go home. Um, when you are doing when you are doing uh, uh, work behind the scenes, you're able to, you know, really speak to the entire vision. And so I, I, I love directing. Um, I'm very excited because we just found out Young Dylan, the series that I co-direct with my mother, 
uh, Chip um, and and Tyler Perry. We also just got a second season wow. uh, for Nickelodeon. Hey. Thank you. And so we go back to work on that very soon. I'll also be directing another project for Tyler and BET. I just like literally just found that out. Um, so so really, um, I, I just uh, I, I enjoy it very much. Um, and uh, like I said, I love bringing um, content and, and being a storyteller. Uh, and when I'm able to wear my director or my director producer hat, um, it just it, it really just lets me, you know, dive deeper into the project as a whole. Paige, let me turn to you. And, and uh, you know, I know everything's so fluid and uh, and schedules are crazy because of the, the pandemic. But what's the rest of the year look like for you? And, you know, I know, again, we're talking about the upshores and I can't wait to see it. What do you have uh, going on that you can kind of point us to and that we could think about? Tell it, tell it, tell it, brother, tell it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, for the rest of this this year, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm working on my uh, third studio album right now. Um, it's a this this album is taking a, a, a different tone than um my previous ones um some more mature more conscious um more socially engaged uh album and so you know we're gonna finish the upshaws um i'm continuing to work on that and and hoping that uh next year is <laughs> more promising for the world itself <laughs> so that you know we have some things planned for next year that are pretty big and exciting too yeah, well, listen, give us, before you go, uh, uh, Paige, give us a website, give us a social media site for people to follow along with you. And then, Kim, I'm going to ask you the same. Uh, I'm just uh, at, at Paige Kennedy. Um, at Paige Kennedy is uh, everywhere. I'm on Twitter, uh, YouTube, where you can find the video that Kim and I did safe. Um, it's on YouTube. Uh and Paige Kennedy is my handles for everything. And and Kim, and, tell us where to get signature blends by Kim Fields. Sure. <laughs> so the uh, the site for the coffee, and we uh, sell exclusively on a, in our online boutique, uh, which is um, signatureblendsbykf.com, signatureblendsbykf.com. Uh, and on Instagram, I'm at Kim Fields Official. Um, and I just wanted to say regarding uh, working with Paige, how we, I, I was very honored. I've done a lot of um, um, things in my career that are different from acting um, and, and in different genres and mediums. And when Paige asked me to be a part of the music video uh, that he created, as he mentioned, from this um, socially engaging uh, album that he's working on um, that really is, as he said earlier, um, art portraying life and so this music video that we did called safe um is really that where it's uh, a family of color and we are having um the very difficult and challenging um engagement with our son um about staying safe uh, at a time when um systemic racism and um uh, lack of accountability, excessive use of power, and just, you know, things that are those touch points right now that are also a part of our reality as much as the pandemic is. Uh, 
And I thought Paige did a great job with the lyrics, um, both in terms of the rap and the vocals. Uh, I'm not doing the vocals on it, but the woman who did, um, she's so powerful with this, her singing, um, that it made it very easy for me to act the part. And so um, I definitely encourage everyone to to check it out. Um, it's a very dramatic piece for me, and I always love when I get to do a departure from comedy as an actress yeah. um, and delve into do something different. But this is what he did, you guys when he asked me to be in the video he sends me a text of viola davis crying crying <laughs> he sends me a text with a clip of her from fences crying <laughs> talking about kim can, can you, you do, do this that? i was like man what <laughs> Cut to a week later, I'm on set doing uh, his music <laughs> doing videos. That. So, it <laughs> crying it's not. <laughs> it Guys, congrats to both of you on, on two great and diverse careers. You're both very talented folks. Always thrilled Thank to you. have you. Congratulations thanks. to both of you. Kim and Paige, thanks for being here. Thank you. Kim Fields and Paige Kennedy, folks, are, are two really, I mean, breaths of fresh air and, uh, again, uh, check out safe and uh, you know it's uh, messaging there is just absolutely terrific but when when it comes to the upshores check out the upshores you can see them on screen together and uh, you know Netflix is where they have it Wanda Sykes is part of that Mike Epps is part of that and uh, the two of them you know Kim Fields as Tootie originally Tootie from the Facts of Life but living single and she's an entrepreneur signature blends by KF is her coffee, and Paige Kennedy, a, a wonderful musician and a recording artist, and I, you know again Weeds, he was terrific in Weeds and Blue Mountain State, SWAT, The Meg, Desperate Housewives, uh, just really great careers on both of the their ends. Uh, Kim Fields and Paige Kennedy have been our very special guest. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Pete Scalzo is our very special guest, and he is someone who has, uh, uh, has become a legend to so many people. And uh, so, so many people thought it would never happen in their lifetime. Uh, you saw all these uh, signs and you saw all kinds of public relations efforts, uh, you know, personal public relations efforts or, or underground public relations efforts about Long Island needing a drag strip. And people said never. It will never, ever happen. Well, one guy made sure that it did happen. And, you know, I know he had help, but, boy, this guy is going to be a legend for the rest of his life. And beyond that, and uh, for good reason. Pete Scalzo, how are you? Frank, thanks for the kind words. Uh, yeah, it was it was a long haul. Uh, did get a lot of help. The Long Island needs a drag strip, folks. Uh, uh, local racer and businessman John Montecalvo was a big uh, factor in helping me. But uh, most important, uh, I have to give credit to the uh, Riverhead Town Board, uh, especially the supervisor, Yvette Aguilar, because uh, I've been trying for years and years and years. And it was always the same thing, Frank. It was, yeah, you know what? Sounds like a good idea. Yeah, we like your presentation. However, we're worried about the noise and uh, traffic problems and uh, 
I said, well, you know, there's not going to be noise, but don't take my word for it. Let's do a sound test. Well, no, we don't want to do that. Well, that doesn't make any sense. I'll pay for the sound test. We'll see once and for all if noise is an issue. Well, again, no, 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 no. Uh, the new supervisor came in. Uh, we appealed again. I met with the uh, supervisor, as you'll actually, uh, during the pandemic. She gave me a few minutes. She was kind enough to do that. And uh, she said, well, you know what? I keep hearing about it. We're going to go for it. I uh, had to go, of course, in front of the town board. And uh, they all approved it. And, uh, you know, the, the main thing, as much as people tell me, you know, how do you have that patience or don't you hate these people that uh, have uh, always been naysayers? No, I don't because they didn't know what drag racing was all about. They didn't know the kind of people that are involved in drag racing, the families that are involved in drag racing. And uh, I was able, uh, luckily, to, to show, to prove to them uh, what it's all about. Uh, we have had no issues with noise, as I told them from day one. Uh, we've had no issues with traffic. And I will credit the town board for not having issues for with traffic, and I'll tell you why. Um, if I would have announced last year that, hey, folks, drag racing returns to Long Island after 17 years, after the West Hampton drag strip and National Speedway and Islip, they all shut down, no drag racing, uh, the town would have been right. And the naysayers would have been right. We would have had 10,000 people show up. It would have been a nightmare traffic wise. And we wouldn't, you and I wouldn't have this conversation now because uh, we never were able to come back. So they limited me in the amount of people that I could have. And uh, or as much as that hurt me financially, it was able to do what I wanted to do all along. And that was prove the point what drag racing is all about and how it will benefit and does benefit Long Island. Well, listen, I, I just, I, you know, couldn't find the words to encapsulate it the way you did. And, you know, two, two, two words on this, Yvette Aguiar, I mean, I, I just, I can't, I, I can't believe what she's turned into. And, uh, and I guess she was this her whole life, but, but she gets things done. And I mean, she's getting things done that so many people have been afraid to do. And I know it's the whole town board and we give them all... Uh, all a tremendous amount of credit, but Yvette Aguiar, I got I, I I can't say enough about her. What she's uh, what she's done, and by the way, it's not like she's my high school buddy. I, I you know I hardly know her, you know, um, but she has done one hell of a job as supervisor here. But uh, you too, I mean, you just didn't give up on this for 17 years. Like you said, there was this void, and and we heard it, and uh, and you know, obviously. Uh, uh, higher, uh, higher voices and higher powers in this sense uh, heard it as well. Pete Scalzo is our very special guest, and uh, he's the man, and he's uh, you know he's properly giving other people credit, but he's he's the point person on this. There's no question, and uh, if there's going to be a statue built because of this cause somewhere, it's going to be on Pete Scalzo, and uh, and about Pete Scalzo. Uh, Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Pete is here with us. Let me let me go back to, you know, some of the struggles that you had. And, and again, I, I think you're taking a great approach, and this is the first time you and I are ever talking, um, you're, you're taking a great approach by not blaming the public, not saying, hey, they're ridiculous. You, you saw it from their standpoint, and, and you, uh, you understood it. The, uh, the biggest thing I could say about the, the opposition 
is just what you said, that they weren't giving it a chance. They weren't, uh, they weren't letting you explain, and they wouldn't give you the exact reasons why. People bunker in on different issues, and I think that's what happened here. People dig their, their heels in. Uh, give us a little, like, uh, I don't know, after history or, or uh, like a, a post, uh, post-mortem here on, on what the opposition uh, said then and what they're saying now. Well, you know, Frank, and again, I, 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 I will agree. They hear drag racing, and they, you know, if you go to a uh, an NHRA or IHRA drag uh, race, and they have the exciting dragsters and uh, funny cars and the alters, et cetera, I mean, those things are awesome. They are loud as can be. And yes, that would be an issue. This is not what we're all about. As I've said, as, as our name says, racetrack, not street. One of the requirements that I agreed to was the fact that all cars must have mufflers. So when you're looking at, or if you're trying to uh, to bring in those big funny cars or any of that, no, they'll they'll never come. Uh, and uh, that was not the focus of what or the idea of what I had. It was racetrack, not street. Get these people race off the streets and coming to a, a track where we are required by the NHRA, by the insurance company, by the town to have ambulance on site, fire rescue on site, which we do. And by the way. What we do uh, now, I've I've never had this experience in the past. However, it was the deal where I've been around a long time. I'll be 78 years old in November. It's either you play by their rules or you don't play at all. And what I'm talking about is the fact that the um, local fire marshal here in town, Craig Zittuck, nice guy, he insists that we have a 500-gallon water tanker on site. Now, there is no drag strip in the nation that has a 500 gallon water tanker on site. However, this is what he required. So we have that, we must deal with Manaville Fire, uh, Volunteer Fire Department. We also must have, which rightfully so, uh, fully equipped ambulance on site, uh, which we deal now <clears throat> with the Riverhead Volunteer Fire, uh, Volunteer Ambulance Corps. But here's the bottom line on all that. And if you talk about the naysayers, what I ha- I'm paying per week for e- or per event is $2,000 to Manville, $2,000 to Riverhead for the day and when we operate. So you can, if we had 30, or let's see, uh, 8, 16, 24, uh, 24 events uh, this year scheduled, and at times 2,000, that's what, $48,000 to each of those um, entities, which again, as far as the naysayers concerned, think about it, folks. This is money that's coming direct to you, and hopefully, they'll be able to buy some equipment that will possibly save your life. So we're benefiting the town by doing that. Uh, we also, um, my, we say, uh, wholesome family entertainment. Now, we had two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we had a little junior dragster uh, special event that we had for the juniors. We had a little seven-year-old Jason Dobry, local boy. He had probably close to 30 of his closest friends and schoolmates cheering him on. Uh, he, kid is seven years old, uh, driving a junior dragster. Grandpa was there, Gary, who was a racer. 
Uh, his dad, Jason, was there. Of course, grandma, grandpa. So the point is, it's wholesome family entertainment. When we first opened up, um, the amount of people that came with tears in their eyes, and even the supervisor repeats this a number of times, of people that, like you said earlier, uh, this it'll never happen again. They all have the 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 thoughts. Oh, I remember I was at so and so, and I was at West Hampton, and this this and that. So um, we were able to prove to uh, the folks that didn't understand what drag racing was all about. One of the very preliminary comments from the public was number one we don't want them kind of people here what the hell these kind of people what these are hard working good salt of the earth yep. people families so they didn't understand another person came up and said well wait a minute now this guy is going to put concrete barriers on the sides of the track that's ridiculous that's dangerous you can again they don't know in order to get an nhra sanction any drag strip in the country in the country to get the proper insurance you must have the concrete walls what are the walls there for they're there to protect the public they're there to protect the the racer uh you know in case he gets out of shape that it's confined area um they have a, there's a television show or series, there's a couple of them now, called The Street Outlaws. Or um, Now, the, that's, it's, it's reality TV. It is, um, it is really not street outlaws. In other words, they're really not taking the street because there's been a number of accidents when you watch those shows. And, of course, there's ambulance on site. There's yeah. the lights on site. If the police uh, in that area did not know this was going on, you know, so the, my point is, when you talk about the street outlaws, they've approached me at a number of my. I've had five drag strips, and I've always told them the same thing. I said, guys, you got a great reality television show. This is not what I'm about. I'm not going to bring in street outlaws when I'm trying to tell the public. I'm trying to educate the public. Listen, you these, these people have to come here. Should come here to this racetrack. Because here it is organized, it is safe. We have the police. Uh, rather, we we don't even uh, have have no issues with police, but we have the fire rescue. We have the ambulance. Every everything is right here on site, and it is controlled. And my staff, we all know what we we are doing. The other thing hey, hey, that Pete, we do. Hold on one second. Yeah. Keep your thought. We're taking a quick break. Great. We'll come back. But a second segment here with Pete Scalzo uh, from the, uh, the the success of, of getting the drag strip on Long Island and Riverhead Race, Raceway. Frank McKay here uh, signing off just for now, but we'll be back with more from Pete Scalzo. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to... Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. And uh, much more importantly than that, Pete Scalzo is our very special guest. And we're talking about a drag strip coming back to Long Island finally after 17 years. And I kind of cut him off mid-thought for our commercial. And I hated to do that. But Pete Scalzo, welcome back. 
Thank you, Frank. Uh, what I was uh, saying was, you know, what's happening today uh, with the manufacturers that are building cars now, you've got the Dodge Demon, you've got those quick Mustangs, of course, the Corvettes have always been fast. But the point is this, back in the day and back in the West Hampton National Speedway days, guys like me, some of us old timers, we'd have to spend a ton of money, have a lot of knowledge in order to go fast. Today, you can buy one of these cars off the fa uh, from the factory and bring it out, and those things are frighteningly fast. So uh, what's happening when you did not have the, the us out here, um, it's been a, a nightmare on the streets. People were racing on the streets because they had no alternative to go. Even the police were frustrated because when they would bust up these uh, these street racing deals, the the people would always say, "Well, we have nowhere to go." Now the police can say, "No, that's BS. You have a place to go, and you go out there to Calverton." So uh, we filled that void. Uh, we also just finished up two weeks ago the Beat the Heat event, where the people came out and they actually raced against police cars. And that was a blast. And uh, if you beat a police car on the Beat the Heat night, I give you a T-shirt that says I beat the heat. So uh, everybody has a chance. Even you, Frank, you could have a chance in that new Bentley convertible. Everybody has a chance to, to race. So that's another added feature that we do. And, uh, again, you know, we had to educate the people. I think we've done a good job in educating the people. You know, and our real hope, our real hope is that uh, there will eventually be a permanent facility. Right now, everybody's asking me, what about next year? What about next year? Well, we don't know. Everything is, is being held up because, you know, as you know, the, uh, the property is under contract to be sold, or at least I don't know what the term is. So uh, we really, we have an application in for next year. However, if the town sells the property, of course, uh, they can't approve any kind of, uh, of uh, use for us for next year, but at least we have the application in and, and we're waiting to see if the deal is gonna go through. If the deal goes through, well, maybe the uh, the purchasers would be interested in working with us and uh, maybe eventually it could be a permanent facility. But right now we're happy for it to be uh, temporary. We're happy to be able to operate. And uh, uh, we, uh, we start our fall series of four weekends in a row all daytime events starting uh, Saturday, September 24th. Big event coming up Saturday, September 24th. Uh, Pete, how long do you go on during the year? Uh, do you uh, do you close for winter? Uh, well, yes, we close for winter. And here's the other crazy thing, another thing I never happened. But again, it is what it is. We, uh, we cannot run from mid-April to mid-August, we can't race. Now that's pretty, that's prime time to race. You know why? why? It's bird nesting season. Oh my God, the pipe and plovers again. Yeah, so we can't, you know, and again, it's, uh, hey, either you agree to that or you don't, you don't run here. So again, like I said, it is what it is. So our schedule, last year we did open in, in April. Um, I've just uh, I've requested again. This is all subject to the sale. I requested one weekend in April, and then uh, we that would be the latter part of April, just before bird nesting season. Then we have to shut down. Then we'll come back again, like we did here this year, uh, for our summer series, which starts around mid-August, and uh, to finish up uh, through uh, uh, latter part of October. Yeah. Well, listen, it's uh, a, a lot of 
a lot of good family entertainment there. Yes. And, uh, you know, a lot going on. Frank McKay here, so much more importantly. Peter Scalzo, or Pete Scalzo, as they know him. And, and again, if uh, if there's going to be a hero in this uh, in this uh, this whole saga, and it's been a saga, um, yeah, Pete's the Pete's the guy that everyone looks at. He's very modest. He uh, he gives credit where credit is due, and it's uh, tremendous. Um, Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Pete Scalzo talking about the drag strip, and I I think Pete when. When people think about drag racing, they they go back to the the Chicky Run and the uh, uh, and what was it, uh, Rebel Without a Cause and Jim Dean and uh, and all of that and uh, and all of the uh, glorified uh, street races that were in uh, the movies from the 50s and the 70s and and so forth or American Graffiti, and if they if if they're reacting negatively because of that, they should be thrilled. That you're you're doing it with regulations, with families around, with uh, you know the protection there, uh, and and everything else. And I I guess that's the perception that people have, is uh, is that drag racing is outlawed. Drag racing is um, is something that kids do on the street when uh, when nobody's looking and people get killed and everything else. Uh, it, it's a hard perception to overcome. Uh, am I correct? Well, yeah, uh, you know, I'll, I'll relate it to a motorcycle riding. I mean, you know, it used to be, uh, you know, it was uh, everybody was a rebel rouser riding motorcycle and they were bad people. And, of course, now you've got doctors, lawyers, you've got all professional people, uh, everybody, uh, you know, riding. In fact, my wife is uh, an avid uh, motorcycle rider. So um, I don't ride anymore. I don't trust myself. I'm, like I said, I'm getting on in age. But, no, that so that was it used to be. Oh, motorcycle people—they're bad people. Well, no, they're all—they're professionals. They're great people. You know, there's there's bad bad apples all over. I think what the the biggest thing that we uh, what I've been able to do when I opened my racetrack in in Miami, Florida, and that was my first involvement with the Beat the Heat organization, uh, Miami. Uh, Dade County had a terrible problem with the illegal street racing that was going on. And we like to re refer to it as illegal street racing, not illegal drag racing, but Ill illegal street racing. And uh, so we opened up, and within six months, Miami-Dade County was able to disband their uh, special task force to try to stop the people from drag racing because they knew that they had a place to go, and the police were very strict. The police, when they grabbed them, they impounded their cars. And they, I mean, they, you know, they, they took the cars away. Uh, and I don't know what the law is up here. But like I said earlier, what the police were able to say there is enough of this baloney. You have nowhere to go. Now you have a place to go. You can go to this place here. And because you're not going there, we're going to come down hard on you. And rightfully so. So that's that's what we're all about. They can come. Are we going to stop one the the illegal street racing a thousand percent? No, of course not. But at least they have an alternative, and we are the alternative. At this point, and and again, we got a couple moments left. But what's the future look like for uh, you know racing on Long Island? What what do you anticipate this will be like? Will it evolve? Uh, much further than where uh, where we are now with it. Um, you know, I imagine we're going to get a tremendous amount of attention, and uh, and it's being handled professionally, and and it, I I imagine it'll just grow in in popularity. But what's your prediction uh, over the next five years for this drag strip? 
Well, my, my prediction is this. I, uh, like I said, I've been around a long time, and uh, I don't have to educate anybody on the value of land out here on Long Island. So if it does not happen uh, at, uh, at EPCAL, which is the most ideal place in the nation to have this operate, then I don't know if it will ever happen. And for a very simple reason, when you put the pen to paper, and uh, when you, you being an investor, looks um, at how many acres you need, what the cost is to build it, the infrastructure, et cetera, et cetera. Really, quite frankly, it's not worth the investment to invest to build a drag strip. Now, the possibility of building a motorsports park, well, that's another story, which is certainly needed. In other words, something a layout for the uh, – for the uh, road racing type of people, uh, a motorsports park, different activities, uh, uh, maybe a motocross track. I know that's uh, that's hurting out here. They they need motocross track out here. Uh, uh, drifting. I'm very involved in in the new sport of drifting, which is popular. So, my opinion, Epcal, where we're at, either that runway or the 10,000 foot runway, we're on the 7,000 foot, is the ideal spot. We've proven the point of not an issue with noise. So I think that's the ideal spot. However, you know, it all depends now. The property is uh, in contract for sale or lease. We should know here within the next few months whether that deal is going to go through. So hopefully it will. Hopefully the new owners might uh, find, uh, you know, you know, we've got this plan and that plan for the site. But, yes, we can, uh, we can fit in a motorsports park. Hopefully that will come to fruition. Pete Scalzo, congratulations on all your efforts, and uh, and you know, thank you for being here. Uh, do you have a website or a social media site where people could follow along with what you're doing? Sure. Racetracknotstreet.com. Click on the Facebook page, and you'll see the whole thing and everything that's coming on all the uh, upcoming events. And uh, um, I think uh, uh, what I'm also proud of is uh, the fact of uh, reading the positive comments that we're getting from the races. So uh, um, and and the fans. And uh, you want a wholesome family entertainment. You want to run. Our slogan, run what you brung. I don't care what you got. We don't allow motorcycles because I'm afraid of the noise. But otherwise, a, uh, a grocery getter, a minivan, it doesn't matter. Pickup truck, you come and run. One last thing. The fastest car that we had last year, guess what it was, Frank? What? A Tesla. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. So you, you run what you brung. That's it. All right. Pete Scalzo, thank you very much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Pete Scalzo has been our very special guest, and congrats to him and all the others that have been working so hard to get a drag strip on Long Island. Well, this is uh, this, this is just uh, perfect that this worked out, and congrats to uh, you know all the folks on the town board and Riverhead and Yvette Aguiar, the supervisor. Great job on all their end. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on breaking it down in many ways long island is the story of america it's breaking it down with frank mckay long island is definitely the place for you now here's your host frank mckay on 1071 wlirfm hampton bays i'd like to welcome everyone to breaking it down frank mckay here with the wonderful actor and author and uh star trek fans know him as Chekhov, and boy, he has uh, he has put together a, a, an amazing career uh, as Chekhov, and uh, w- not being Chekhov, and his latest book, 
is a must get for everyone. Everyone's got to read this. Uh, Beaming up and getting off life before and beyond Star Trek. Walter Koenig is our very special guest. Walter, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Frank. Thank you for pronouncing my name correctly. All right. Well, listen, uh, thank you for being here and sharing the book with us. I know a lot of people probably ask you those same questions. Now you can kind of say, hey, hey, look, just go go to the book. And I don't have to explain. People, what was life before Star Trek? What was life after Star Trek? There's a lot of life in there. And and the book, I imagine, covers it all. And it's getting rave reviews. Tell us a little something about the book. Well, the book is, is is my life story. Really, it starts out as as a, as a little boy, and uh, the uh, the events in my life uh, that have helped shape who I am, good, bad, and indifferent. Uh, there's, you know, uh, I've I've uh, I've uh, I, I the fact that I ultimately uh, achieved some celebrity as a consequence of my participation in Star Trek was is much a surprise to me as the kids on the block with whom I played when I was seven and eight years old. Um, I, I had no, I, 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 I was not ambition driven. I had no idea how my life was going to evolve. I, I, you know, there were people with structured personality who start planning early on what, what they intend to do with their lives. I mean, I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed acting. I had opportunities as a kid to do leads and plays in school and in the community, but um, it was never something I took seriously. When I thought about acting as a career, I thought about people like, you know, Spencer Pitt, Tracy, and Rock Hudson, and and bigger-than-life personalities, and did not see myself fitting into any category that would accommodate uh, me as an actor. So um, I actually went to to college with the idea of uh, the first of being a psychiatrist and then I discovered that I had no aptitude for physical sciences I, I transferred into psychology did very well but I took one course in acting just as a diversion because I was all my other courses were uh, social science oriented and I had a professor who was very enthusiastic who was uh, impressed who saw something in me and was the representative of a drama school in New York called the Neighborhood Playhouse, and on on my behalf, wrote to them. They accepted me, and and once there, that was it. I mean, my destiny was determined. Um, I was going to be an actor. Just incidentally, I was in a class with, and I'm talking to your older uh, listeners now, those who are at least 40 or 50. I was in a class with James Kahn and Dabney Coleman and Chris Lloyd, Elizabeth Ashley, Jessica Walter, and Brenda Beccaro, all of whom achieved stardom uh, in films and in the theater. Um, so it was an illustrious class out of 70 people. And I had a, I had a, an amazing time. I, I, I just knew that this is what I needed to do. Once I graduated, I had no idea what was going to happen thereafter. Um, and there are stories in the book about extraordinary things that did happen, that almost happened, and thank God didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, so that, you know, my book is very anecdotal as well as being comprehensive in terms of, of my life story. I've ordered two of your books, by the way, and uh, and I've been doing that a lot. I'm going to keep one for myself, and I have a huge Star Trek fan 
who uh, who's a big fan of yours, Walters, and uh, and uh, and I'm giving it to him as a gift while we're uh, sequestered. It's it's not a bad thing to do to to read and watch TV. I'm actually binge watching Star Trek now. Your work in it was terrific. I, the listen, it's it, it is a uh, uh, and obviously it's it, it's for sci-fi fans. But there's a lot of good acting in there. You're you're a part of that, and Bill Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. I, but it it really uh, it it feels a lot like the Twilight Zone for me, with like a set cast, for some reason. And and you could see all of the uh, all of the show's impact on everything that came after it, sci-fi wise, including Star Wars and everything that that's there. You've got to be proud of the fact that you're a you know kind of a pioneer. And, and what happened the next generation afterwards. Absolutely. It's a very good point you make, sir. Uh, I, and I'm, I, I'm very proud of the fact that uh, we, you know, and I'm not going to get out on a soapbox, um, but I'm very proud of the fact that we had something important to say that, uh, the, that could not perhaps be said at, at the time. But we were talking about a, a better world, a place where people could could uh, get along with it, with, with it was a, a more harmonious, uh, we, we were as a species, a more harmonious, congenial, friend, friendlier species, and that we were not constantly, as history has, has proven, not taking one step forward and then one step back, where we had gotten past genocide and, and, and mass murder and bigotry and and. And all of the, the the bad things that we still indulge in from time to time, and had achieved a world uh, where we could work together, where uh, we could have a, a bridge full of characters that were of, of different ethnicities, religions, sexes, uh, races, nationalities, creeds, all of that, and we we had finally, ultimately, and hopefully forever after. Um, be uh, a, a species that uh, could, could 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 love each other. Well, listen, well said. I know a lot of people are waiting to speak to you. I'd love to have you for a longer period of time talk more about the book and as as uh, it, it gets out there more and more. Um, it's a must get for everyone. Walter, I, I want to thank you very much for being here. Congratulations on all the success. Congratulations on the book. Thank you. And as of today, uh, Amazon is, is carrying it as well. Terrific. Walter Koenig has been our very special guest. Everyone get the book, please. It is called Beaming Up and Getting Off, Life Before and Beyond Star Trek. And a uh, wonderful actor and author, uh, Walter Koenig has been our very special guest. Get this book. It is uh, it, it's fascinating. And as Walter said, uh, it it covered a lot of ground. the The show itself covered a lot of ground. I'm binging it now, and I, I'll tell you what I, it's in it, much much like uh, the Twilight Zone. There, there was a message there, and they utilized the the sci-fi uh, format to get a message right. there. It was very very much like uh, uh, Rod Serling, uh, Roddenberry, and and the folks there uh, were were brilliant. And Rod Serling uh, was brilliant, and they used this format to get a message across that may have may have not uh, been uh, that accessible if they went any other way with it. It's, it's really brilliant when you come down to it. And and Walter and 
Bill Shatner and the, the late great uh, Leonard Nimoy should be very proud of what they've done and, and establishing and what happened afterwards. Frank McKay here once again. Our very special guest has been Walter Koenig, and he is terrific. Please buy his book, Beaming Up and Getting Off, Life Before and Beyond Star Trek is the name of the book. Please get it. Uh, get it on Amazon now. Get it anywhere. They sell great books. Walter Koenig has been our very special guest. Chekhov. You know him as Chekhov on Star Trek. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.